meet Paulina. She's dealing with tension and constant pain in her upper back and neck that often leads to headaches. This not only affects her daily activities, but also her sleep. She felt like her body was in a constant state of inflammation. Polina had adjusted her work setup and worked on her posture, seen a chiropractor, and several regular doctors. She tried NSAIDs and anti-inflammatory medications, but she has a sensitive stomach and those did not sit well with her, so she had to stop them. She was offered cortisone shots, but she was afraid to do anything that was so close to her spine. She then decided to try natural anti-inflammatories, fish oil and curcumin specifically. And while those were great for a friend of hers that recommended them, they didn't seem to put a big enough dent into her pain and she was still inflamed. When I met Paulina and went over her health history and all the things that she had tried for inflammation, my sense was that she may not be able to process inflammation properly because another system was dysregulated and at play here. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. We just heard about all the pain and inflammation that Polina was experiencing. Join me on the show today to talk more about this is Pat Gorizyak. Pat is a formulation scientist and the founder and CEO of RS Precision Pharma, a pharmaceutical manufacturing and compounding company, and president of Seven Leaf Compounds, a company that grows and manufactures high-quality CBD products. Pat, I am so excited to have you on here. Welcome. Well, thank you, Ina. So when it comes to inflammation and pain, many things are at play. And like most things in health, things are always going to be interconnected. And we often talk about things like inflammatory cytokines for inflammation, but there's a lot more to this. Pat, can you tell us a little bit more about the endocannabinoid system? What is it and what does it do? Sure. Well, the, the endocannabinoid system is is obviously something that's become, you know, a hot word, you know, out there in the, you know, CBD community and the health community at large. I mean, all animals from, you know, humans to monkeys to dogs to sea squirts, you know, have an endocannabinoid system. And it's basically an extensive network of receptors and chemicals found throughout the body. If you think about your brain, your immune system, spinal cord, skin, internal organs, you know, and, and more. It is a powerful system that helps the body maintain balance and homeostasis. So, you know, the system is responsible for regulating several, you know, vital bodily functions like sleep, you know, pain perception, mood, memory, reproduction, appetite, and inflammation, which is, you know, certainly very important here. And it's believed when the endocannabinoid system becomes depleted, something known as clinical endocannabinoid deficiency can lead to, you know, illness and disease. You know, research indicates as we we talk about, you know, certain types of products that, you know, certain anti-inflammatory agents, neuropathic agents can affect the endocannabinoid system. You know, it really, it really is uh, an important system uh, for the body. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's not something that's really talked about very often. So what are some of the reasons that it can become off? 
Well, you know, one of the reasons is is we don't, you know, our bodies don't make enough uh, cannabinoids on their own, just like, you know, uh, vitamin D deficiency or vitamin B deficiency or hormonal deficiencies. If, if we don't have enough of those in our body, um, you know, our body becomes imbalanced. And, and because cannabinoids, I mean, you know, think about it, you know, cannabinoids for the past, you know, how, however many years, you know, 70, 80, 90 years have been pretty much illegal in, in the United States and most parts of the world. So, you know, we haven't had uh, enough endocannabinoids in our system to really, um, you know, effectuate a, a proper balance. I mean, you know, you have to understand it. The endocannabinoid system, it, it is a collection of cell receptors and molecules. And endocannabinoids unlock cell receptors and tell your body when to process, when to move and stop. And each time an endocannabinoid binds to a, a specific cell, it relays directions to that cell. So when you're deficient, you, you may be taking in certain vitamins, you may be taking in certain nutrients, but if those cells are not telling the body what to do with those, a lot of times you will pass them without the body actually taking them. Mm, that's so interesting. It's kind of similar. Obviously, it's not the same system, but it's sort of the same effect as, you know, people may take a lot of different nutrients and eat good foods, but if they're not digesting it because they have something off in their digestive system, sure. it's not going to do anything. So it almost works the same way, it sounds like. Well, and think about it in this, you know, not a, not a real happy line, but just think about someone who takes a lot of vitamins and, and urinates, you know, a bright yellow. You know, what that means is your body is not processing, uh, you know, a lot of those vitamins, you're actually passing them. Where if you take a real high quality water soluble vitamin, you know, your body will absorb those. So it's very similar. So another thing that people hear sometimes is there are endocannabinoids and there are also phytocannabinoids. What is the difference between the two? Well, the endocannabinoid is a is a system you know within the body, a system of cell receptors. But phytocannabinoids, I mean, you know, think about it going going back to uh, your your school days. Phyto means plant, and cannabinoid means the molecule. So a phytocannabinoid is you know tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC. You know, we all know that you know coming from marijuana that gets you high. And then there are the phytocannabinoids that are CBDs, you know, the CBDA, which is the, the most widely known. And there's CBDV, CBDG, CBDN. So there's a broad spectrum of different cannabinoids within those that phytocannabinoid plant. So the phytocannabinoid comes from the plant itself, you know, whether it be a, you know, a sativa plant or whatever the case may be. But if it comes from a, a marijuana plant, it's a little bit different. If it comes from a hemp plant, uh, you know, those are engineered to not have a lot of THC. And do they act in a similar way in the body? Well, the phytocannabinoids, well, they, they do, but they also do not. I mean, if you, if you think about the THC itself, you know, THC has a hallucinogenic property where, you know, CBD does not. So they, they will act, you know, differently you know, within the body. I mean, phytocannabinoids, again, those are the molecules that have the effect. The endocannabinoid system is what takes those phytocannabinoids in and allows them to work within the body itself. You mentioned a little bit about the receptors that in some situations, you know, the receptors may not be active. So what are some of the things that could be done to help to activate those receptors? There are a lot of ways to activate the receptors, but as we speak about, you know, CBD and cannabinoids, you know, the, the high quality, you know, CBD products are, are well known to, to affect the CB1 and CB2 receptors, you know, within, within the body. Now, there, there is a difference, right? So 
tetrahydrocannabinol, the THC, you know, will affect uh, certain certain CB1 receptors more so than the CBD molecule. The CBD molecule excites um, those cells around those receptors and allows them to to work efficiently uh, as opposed to being the the molecules that actually absorb uh, that that cannabinoid. Does that make sense? It does. So when we talk about CBD, you know, CBD is obviously something that has become very popular and for good reason. There's a lot of benefits. But are all CBD products the same? No, you know, that's that's a um, that's a question we get on a on a daily, daily basis. No, CBD products are not all the same. And there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace because if you if you actually look at labeling and I'm not even saying that labeling, you know, is is the, really the way to go because there's a lot there are a lot of products out there that are made from you know hemp hemp seed oil and things of that nature if you look on the back you know the front of a label may say a thousand milligrams of hemp derived cbd and on the back it'll say you know hemp seed oil and you know mct oil you know and flavoring or something of that nature there are no cannabinoids in hemp seed oil you know hemp seed oil is made only from hemp seeds which contain absolutely zero cannabinoids. Wow. I mean, that is huge just right there because I don't think many people realize that. Yeah. The only way to get, you know, the proper spectrum of CBD is from the aerial parts of the plant, you know, which are the, you know, the basically the flowers, the leaves and, and, you know, the entire plant matter itself. So when we make ours, just as an example, we do use the entire plant matter so that you get every portion of that molecular structure of the plant, you know, in the product itself. Now, let's talk a little bit more about the manufacturing process itself and how people are typically doing it, because it's not just about taking the plant and grinding it up. There's obviously testing that's involved. There's also, you know, a lot of different things. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with, you know, sort of the, the plant itself, you know, uh, how, how we control our plants are, you, we're basically going to test that plant from, from the DNA portion in the beginning as the, as the plant is, you know, one to two inches high, um, as it gets to be 18 to 20 inches high, it's tested again. And it's tested for a lot of things, you know, not just cannabinoid content, but, you know, metals and pesticides and things of that nature. So, you know, when you when you grow organically, even though you're in an organic environment and you're trying to you know meet all those regulations, you still have to test because when you're bringing in you know outside soils and things of that nature, you know you, you don't want to miss anything within the process. So we're constantly testing our product, and when that plant becomes mature and it's taken down, it's tested again. And how we manufacture our product, you know, is is basically we use we use cryoethanol, and you can use CO two and you can use hydrocarbons to extract. But the problem with hydrocarbons and with CO two is we have found because we can do it both ways. Is that no matter how hard you try, there are times, and I mean times being thirty three percent, forty percent of the time, where when you test it later on with an HPLC, you can find trace amounts of that gas. And that is not something we like to have in our product. So we use a what we call a cryoethanol, you know, to extract from our from our plant matter, you know, the, the CBD itself and the CBD oil. And the nice thing about that is you can evaporate 100 uh, percent of any of that ethanol out of your final product. Mm. 
That's so interesting. So that's not going to end up there. And that makes sense with some of the other gases that others may be using or that you've even tried that if there's residue there, then you, of course, don't want that. That makes sense. Right. And then once it's extracted, what's the next step? Well, the next step, you know, depends on on, on certainly the product you're making. We, we have a different philosophy at, at Seven Leaf where we uh, we believe that a full spectrum, you know, CBD product uh, is full spectrum when it has all of the different CBD molecules within the within the product itself. We do uh, remediate the THC from everything except the smokable flower products. So we, we we don't believe that THC is necessary in a full spectrum CBD product, and we've had tremendous success with that. But it depends on the product you're making. If you're making a uh, tincture, which is one of the most popular popular products on the market. Then we will go through the process, you know, extract the the, the oils. Uh, we'll remediate the THC, and then those products are properly homogenized, you know, with a natural flavoring and a, you know, basically a fractionated coconut oil. So we're we're blending and binding the molecules together for absorption and bioavailability in the in, in the system. Now the same thing can be said in a way for creams, if you have neuropathic pain, if you have inflammation, uh, you know, our pain creams are done with liposomes. So instead of just like some of these guys out there claiming they're using, you know, liposomes in their product, if you don't spin the molecule with the liposomes and have it actually, you know, connect and be, you know, trapped by that liposome, it doesn't work as well. So when you drive a cream through the skin using a liposome, it carries it through the dermis and into the musculoskeletal system. And that's how that product works really well. And, and there, are many, there are many variants of that as well, Ina. Um, you can use that with a, with a high-quality crystal menthol um, you know, that works on the N-opioid receptors. You, know, you can use it with um, capsaicin for heat, which works extremely well for things like plantar fasciitis, reducing the you know, inflammation and uh, hitting those pain triggers. So there's a lot of things you can do. And, and understand that CBD alone is a fabulous product. When you combine it with other um, molecular devices, it works that much better. It really enhances it. Mm. And that makes a lot of sense about really blending it into the liposome because so often, and this isn't just with CBD, but I think with just a lot of transdermal products out there, you know, they'll say, oh, in olive oil or in some type of an oil. And, you know, if it's not properly mixed in, it's not really going to get in through the dermis or, you know, if it's even something oral, it's just not going to absorb as well. Well, that's correct. You know, that's another misnomer too. You know, when you, when you, you go to your pharmacy or you're looking online and you find gel caps, you know, with, with, with CBD, you know, with hemp, you, you know, gel, gel caps work very well if you are using THC, if you're using, you know, marijuana, basically it, that the marijuana and the THC molecule is carried with that oil into the system, but CBD does not work the same way. You know, a lot of people treat them the same way, but it, but it's not the same. And what you need to have to get CBD to work through a capsule, through something you actually ingest, is you need to get it past the GI tract because the GI tract will destroy the vast majority of the molecule. So if you're not using something like, um, you know, E4M, 
you know, hypermellose, you know, something like that, that uh, is a delayed release type product, then that CBD, you're getting a very, very small amount of bioavailability from it. That makes sense. And that goes for a lot of other products. I know it's similar with probiotics as well, you know, that gets destroyed if they're not encapsulated properly or not bound. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the CBD and the CBD products, you know, they, they work the same way. I mean, if everyone thinks of CBD, not as just sort of a supplement or, you know, something that is, you know, out there right now, it's a drug. And if you treat it that way, and if you formulate it that way, then you can get the, the highest benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about THC. I know that you guys take THC out and there's some products that contain some THC, but if I understand what you're saying correctly, the THC isn't what gives the anti-inflammatory effect, right? It's the CBD that helps with the receptors. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah, that there is no, you know, all the studies that have gone on with uh, marijuana and tetrahydrocannabinol, you know, over the years, none of them uh, have shown to have any effect on, you know, neuropathic inflammation okay. at all. So it makes sense then to take it out, especially because of some of the other potential negative connotations that it may hold with it. Yes. And in terms of labeling, this is something that I think is super confusing. And I've looked at a few labels of a few different products and it's they're all labeled so differently. It's hard to know what you're actually getting. Some people will see, you know, on their product, it'll give a certain milligram percentage uh, or milligram amount, excuse me. Sometimes it'll give it in milliliters. Sometimes it'll talk about the different cannabinoids it has. Sometimes it'll talk about just that it comes from hemp. So what do we have to look for and how do we know that a product actually is good quality and it's going to work? Well, you know, that that's a great question and it's one that is so hard to answer. And, and the reason it's hard to answer is because of what you just laid out, Ina. There are so many products out there that have so many different variants in, in how they're labeled, be it, you know, 2,000 milligrams, 800 milligrams, you know, so much per ml, you know, use as it really is confusing. Knowing that you have a high quality product sometimes, the only way to know that is to actually use it and see if you actually have a, 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 a proper effect from it. Um, if you know the company that's making it, um, you know, that's another story you know, altogether. However, the, the issue with dosing is something that's certainly close to our heart because we've done clinical trials, you know, using different variants of CBD. And dosing is very important. You know, in an average adult that's 150 pounds over the age of, you know, 16, let's say, would have a dose of, of anywhere from 50 to 100 milligrams uh, per dose. Now, that 50 to 100 could be once a day. It could be twice a day. You could take 100 milligrams of CBD. Let's, and I'm talking about now, let's just say a tincture because it's the simplest way. So you have a tincture bottle that's one ounce. It's 30 mLs. And let's just say there's an ml uh, for every 30 days of the month. Now, you can either take a half a dropper twice a day or a single dropper once a day at 3,000 milligrams in the bottle, which breaks down to 100 milligrams per dose. Oh, I understand. That's how it works. Right. It's really all about dosing. And, and sometimes, and I saw a bottle the other day, a friend of mine you know, brought over to me and said, hey, Pat, is this any good? And I said, well, I don't know. I, I have no idea where it's manufactured. The label doesn't really say much. And it was 1,000 milligrams in a 60 ml bottle. So when you look at dosing, you know, if you really take a dropper, you know, what are you really getting? You know, you're getting, you know, 20 milligrams, you're getting nothing. 
per dose, you know, 15, 18 milligrams per dose when, when, you know, he's a 200 pound man, you know, 55 years old, you know, he's going to need a minimum of a hundred milligrams. So taking that, will I have a little bit of effect? Maybe. Will I have the effect he's probably looking for? Absolutely not. Okay. That's very helpful and good to know because people often don't know what to look for on labels. So 50 to a hundred milligrams per dose for an average, you know, 150 pound person. For an average adult. Yeah. Right. So here's a question. Can you overdose? What if someone's in a lot of pain and they think, well, let me just take double? Yeah. You can, you cannot overdose from CBD at all. You could, you know, you could sit with a, a bucket of CBD crystal and put it on your spaghetti. You, you, you could, you could drink a whole bottle of tincture it might make you feel a little ill, but you won't you won't overdose on it. So your body can only use so much, and it will just reject them. Okay, so sort of like a water soluble vitamin. Yes, and it's not going to overactivate the receptors. I don't know if there's such a thing, but just- no, no, the, the the receptors again will balance, and once they're balanced, they'll the rest of the the rest of the cannabinoid will be rejected by those receptors. Gotcha. Now, what about the time that it takes to feel an effect? And of course, I understand every person is going to be different, so it varies. But is there a typical time? If it's a good quality CBD product, would people feel an effect immediately? Would they need to take it for a week, two, three? How do, what do you see? Yeah, so so there are you know you know two two spectrums there. Um, and again, this is not a miracle drug. It's an excellent excellent supplement. There's no doubt about it. It works really well for most people, and, and we'll let's talk about a tincture. We're going to go from a tincture to a cream. You know, in a tincture, the vast majority of people it will work within ten to fifteen minutes. They'll absolutely feel the effect. There are some people where their endocannabinoid system is so messed up that it will take five, seven, ten days of daily use for them to really get to that peak performance of the CBD. So what we tell everybody is it's not a miracle if it doesn't work. If, if, if you feel like, geez, you know, I just took it and I don't, I don't really feel much, you know, an hour later, take it the next day, take it the next day, give it a week to 10 days, and then let me know how it's doing for you. And sometimes, you know, that, that effect will be gradual over that time to where, you know, they're not sure it works, but they may not be having the same anxiety, sleep issue, or pain. And that sort of tells a story. So, even when someone takes it for 10 days, you know, we as professionals need to ask those questions to make sure that we know how it did work for, you know, our patient or consumer. The vast majority, though, it does work pretty darn quickly. The, the creams, on the other hand, are, are, a little bit, uh, are a little bit different. It depends on how you use them. And coming from the pharmaceutical side, we do things a little bit differently. When someone has back pain, Shoulder pain, elbow pain, a golfer, and we we a lot of those uh, that use this this medication. You know, they'll put a little bit on their elbow thirty minutes or so before they golf if they have any type of you know pain, and within fifteen to thirty minutes that will go away, and the half life will be a couple of hours. It will absolutely last them a couple hours. If you have lower back pain and you're using a CBD cream and using one with let's say a menthol, which also helps in those receptors in the back. I, I tell people to apply heat with it because it helps drive it deeper, you know, and when it drives it deeper, it works better. It works differently for everyone. The creams work very, very quickly for the, for again, the vast majority as do the tinctures, but there are times and everyone is different that, you know, your body and certain people will reject it 
and it won't work. There's no doubt about that. But that is a that uh, we know for a fact through clinical trials is a very small percentage of people. Mm. That's really good to know. And I think that's really a testament to the product itself, only because there's so many CBD products out there. And I think it's sort of split. People say, oh, yeah, that worked for me. And then about half the people say, nah, I didn't really feel anything. And you just wonder then, are you taking enough? Are you taking something that's high quality? Are you taking something that's actually going to absorb? So it's a really important question. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And, you know, we, we know that a, a, a lot of people have, have tried CBD and some that say, gee, it didn't work for me. You know, the one thing that our folks ask is, and I'm sure you would ask too, is, well, what did you use? And, um, you know, once, once you see what they use, sometimes you see that the dosing is wrong or, or it looked like it's a, you know, pre, pre-packaged and post-labeled product, which means you, you, you don't know the quality of it. You don't know what's really in it, um, you know, and things of that nature. So, you know, it really, it really depends. And, and we've, we've taken, you know, many, many people who have said CBD didn't work for them and put them on the proper dosing. And now they're like, wow, this is really, this is really special. That's amazing. Now, you mentioned that CBD helps to balance the endocannabinoid system and the receptors. So does that mean that once it's balanced, people don't have to take it? Or is it something that you have to continuously take to see results? Well, you you know, that that's a good question. We, we, we've, had, we've had several people take it for several months, um, balance themselves, um, you know, and then come off it because they think uh, everything is okay. And, and, and we use this you know, a lot of times for, uh, let's say, you know, sleep and mood, you know, things of that nature. If someone has a you know a hard time sleeping, you know, they'll take let's say fifty to one hundred milligrams at night, you know, thirty minutes before they want to go to bed, and it and it, it is a phenomenal uh, sleep aid. You know, after a month or two, they'll stop taking. Oh, I feel great now. Uh, and then, you know, two, three weeks later, we'll, we'll get another call and you're going to need another bottle because, you know, their endocannabinoid system starts to, you know, revert back. It's like anything else, you know, you know, vitamins and minerals, hormones, you know, whatever the case may be. If we're not on top of our, our, our nutrition, on top of our vitamins, you know, we're going to become deficient. And the same thing happens uh, with your endocannabinoid system. You will become deficient again. So it's not like it's going to reset and stay there. You know, you, you definitely have to maintain it. Because I guess in, in this case, there's not your own innate production, right? You know, with hormones, you know, if someone has a hormone imbalance, if you fix the underlying cause of the imbalance, unless, of course, it's menopause, but if someone's younger, let's say, and you fix the underlying cause, the body will start to produce. Whereas what I'm understanding you're saying here is that there's nothing that happens internally that balances it. This is really the only way to do it, right? Yeah, it maintains homeostasis. So, you know, it's been known to regulate sleep, appetite, digestion, hunger, mood, you know, motor control, immunity, fertility, you know, pleasure, reward, pain, memory, you know, all of these things. But when the ECS, when that endocannabinoid system is, is disrupted, any one of those things can fall out of balance. So when the body doesn't produce or take in enough, you know, it can't regulate it, regulate it properly. So you're more susceptible to, you know, uh, having issues with any one of those functions. And what do you think determines which functions someone may have an issue with, be it sleep or inflammation? Is it something that maybe they're more predisposed to genetically or is there anything else that plays a role there? Genetically, yes. And, and you know, if you have a full 
a full background, you know, on a patient and you have their med management panel and things of that nature, you know, uh, knowing their, their DNA and how they process through their P450 enzymes and so forth, you'll, you'll have a better idea of genetically, you know, how this stuff, uh, how the endocannabinoids and other things will, will work with either gene to, you know, gene to gene, drug to drug interactions, whatever the case may be. Um, but I, I really believe that the vast majority of the problem with the endocannabinoid system is just our lack of um, absorbing, you know, cannabinoids. And, and it's been that way over the years. Um, you know, just think if we, you know, we took away citrus, you know, in the U.S. And, well, that citrus is bad for you. And all of a sudden it becomes illegal and you're not getting your vitamin C's and things of that nature. You know, we're going we're gonna to have problems in the future. And I think that's the same way it's been with uh, the cannabinoids. Oh, that's a really good way to put it. Now, in terms of delivery system, you mentioned that the cream is good for obviously transdermal and pain, and you feel that the tincture is what's really good orally. Uh, a lot of people out there are using gummies. That's just a very popular thing. What do you think about those? And is there a reason why you think a tincture is better than a gummy? You know, gummies are a great product. And to give you an example, at our facility up at the, the Pfizer campus in Pearl River, you know, we, we actually have a full automated gummy line. And we make a lot of gummy vitamins for kids and, you know, things of that nature on our pharmaceutical side. And we're just rolling out uh, gummies also uh, with the cannabinoids. Now, as I said, if you are, if you are ingesting CBD, and, and I'll just give you an example, if you, if you need 50 milligrams uh, for it to, you know, bioavail- for it to work in, in a good bioavailable product. To get the same effect when you're ingesting something, you're going to need 120 to 150, minimally. So that means you would have to eat, let's say, six, seven, eight gummies, you know, uh, with 20 milligrams or 25 milligrams a piece to get the same effect. Now, the effect won't be as fast. Remember, it's got to go through your system, get into your intestines. You know, it's got to be broken down and moved into your system. That could take, you know, a half hour, uh, 35 minutes, you know, in that range, uh, as opposed to, you know, 510. So it, it is it is quite a bit different, but you would need to ingest more of it. I think a lot of people have some sort of an, I don't say a lot of people, some people have an, uh, have an issue with the tincture, uh, with putting it under their tongue, holding it there, even though it's a half an ml or one ml, I get people tell me, oh my God, I feel like I'm drowning. <laughs> it, you know, I, I, I understand that very well. So there are other ways um, to, to get the product into your system and you know, orally certainly is one of them. I happen to like the product if it's made well. The problem with gummies and, and you know, you may or may not know this and your audience may or may not know it, but heat affects cannabinoids. So to give you an example, you know, in, in the process of making, you know, CBD oil, if, if that oil gets too hot, if, if the process gets too hot over a certain degree or Celsius, it actually drives up the THC content and affects the molecular structure of the product. So having said that, you got to be very careful when you're manufacturing CBD oils and isolates, you know, out of the plant matter. The same thing can be said for gummies. Remember, if, if you've ever made a gummy, you know, or something of that nature, you know, in your kitchen and you're melting sugars and you're melting gelatins, it gets very hot. So if, if you're not doing it the right way, you actually destroy the molecular structure of the CBD and it becomes inert. And no matter how many you eat, you'll get no effect from it. 
That makes sense. That's similar with fish oils and other oil type compounds. That's really good to know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think also with gummies, because like you said, it has to go through a digestive system. If someone may have issues digesting, which so many people do, which is partly why they also have trouble sleeping and pain and everything else, that's going to affect it as well. Absolutely. Wow. Pat, you are such a wealth of information. I did not know all of this about CBD. And as popular as it is, I don't think many people out there really know the ins and outs of it. So thank you so much for all of this information and for being here. I'm going to post all of the information about you, your company, your product in the show notes so that everyone can take a look and learn more about it. Um, and um, before we go, is there anything else um, that you think is important to mention about CBD? You know, I don't. Th- I think we've covered a lot of stuff here, Ina. I, I think that the real key for your audience is just beware and be careful uh, when you're looking at CBD products, um, what you're purchasing, know where they came from, do your research, and um, make sure that if it's something you're trying, that you're trying something that is dosed properly so that you get the proper effect. And if your audience has any questions, I'm sure they're going to come back to you, and uh, we would be more than happy to help out in any way we can. Great. Well, thank you so much. And just as a reminder, with the dosing that we talked about, while of course everyone is different, you know, it's typically 50 to 100 milligrams for an average adult, which is typically a lot less than most products out there have. Absolutely. Pat, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. Well, thank you, Ina. Enjoyed it. Thank you. As you just heard, the endocannabinoid system plays a big role in many functions of the body, including pain and inflammation. It is a system that's not talked about enough, and many people don't even know it exists. People are familiar with CBD, but as Pat was explaining, they don't really know how or why it works. And while many people have tried it, because there are thousands of brands on the market, most people are not taking ones that are fully broad spectrum or in proper dosages for their weight. Now, in Polina's case, because she was so sensitive to anti-inflammatory medications, I knew that we had to look at her gut. However, while we were waiting on those results to come back, I recommended that we start with a potent CBD, both orally and topically, to get the inflammation under control. Polina has never tried CBD before. She didn't really know how it worked, but after I explained the pathway, she was really excited to try it. We dosed her at 50 milligrams twice a day of the physician-only brand, and then she also applied their cream to her neck three times a day. She didn't feel anything the first day, and not much the second day, but by the third day, she noticed a considerable reduction in her pain. It was pretty much cut in half. She continued on that same dose, and the pain stayed at that level for the next two weeks. I knew there was more inflammation in her body, and so we continued on that same dose, Two weeks later, she felt another drop, and now her pain was about 75% gone. She was really excited. By then, we got the results of her stool test and saw a few bugs and leaky gut. We did a GI cleanse with GI microbex and FC Cytal, and then we worked on her digestion, and after that, we worked on her intestinal lining with glutamine and zinc carnosine. After the gut protocol, she noticed less bloating and distension, something she didn't even realize she had till it was completely gone, which is really, really common to see. And interestingly, though not surprisingly, doing the gut protocol was beneficial for the pain as well. The CBD got her to about 75%, and then balancing and healing her gut stepped it up a few more notches where her pain was almost completely gone. She is continuing with the CBD, 
and the multivitamin along with omegas for her maintenance to keep everything at bay. Now, if you're interested in trying CBD, or maybe you're taking one but not seeing much of a result, Physicians Only was generous to offer all of us 10% off all of their tinctures and creams with code INA10. That's I-N-N-A-10. I will put the link in the show notes so that you can easily reference it. Just go to healthmysterysolve.com and click on episode 84. If Polina sounds like someone you know, please share this episode with them and make sure you're subscribed to the show because the next health mystery I uncover could be one you or someone you love is dealing with right now. And if you like the show, please post a review. It helps bring the podcast up the charts so that more people can see that the answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode of Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.